Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Accelerating your fandom, this is Flash TV Talk. Welcome to Flash TV Talk, the fan podcast dedicated to news, reviews, and more about the hit CW series, The Flash. I'm Bo. And I'm Bell. Bell, man, how you doing tonight? Doing well, man. Doing well. Ready to talk about some grog. Yeah, man. We got uh, we got a fun episode, one I feel like we've been um, waiting to talk about since the beginning of the series, if not before. And uh, and it's gonna be a good one. But uh, but first, man, are you uh, you doing good? How you doing? Doing all right, man. Not too shabs. Tonight's gonna be a uh, a tough one for me. I don't know if you can hear it in my voice, but I've been uh, fighting off a little bit of a, a disease or, or something or another. Um, my oldest, uh, I guess, three days ago, um, really came down hard with something, and we thought we were all clear, and then it just really kicked up last night. So uh, I got I got the tea. I've traded in the bourbon for uh, for some uh, nice hot tea. And uh, man, I'm just excited to uh, to talk about this. So you should just make an Irish tea, and an I- bourbon in the tea. <laughs> For a minute there, I thought you said an iris tea, and I was iris like, tea. <laughs> "How do you make an iris tea with a lot of berries?" I don't know. Oh. <laughs> All right, man. Let's go ahead and jump into this episode. The, the rundown. rundown. Episode twenty-one. Grod lives. Directed by Dermot Downs and story by Grianne Godfrey and Caillou Wu. Belle, what happens this episode? Well, Barry scours the city looking for Eddie, but must take a break to stop a robbery at the Gold Reserve. When Barry confronts the would-be thief, they are both disoriented by an unknown psychological attack. Back at the lab, Barry describes the attack to Caitlin and Sisko when Iris walks in, confronting Barry about being the Flash. The thief attacks again, but Barry is able to stop him. The thief turns out to be General Eiling, who is under the mind control of the gorilla Grodd. Uh, with a lead from Iris, Barry, Joe, and Cisco head into the sewers to look for Grodd. The trio realize that Grodd is getting smarter and larger, and during an attack, Barry is knocked unconscious while Joe is kidnapped by Grodd. Cisco and Caitlin build Barry a device that will prevent Grodd from attacking him psychically. It works, but Grodd is too powerful, and during the fight, the device is damaged. Barry is able to fight off Grodd's psychic attack and trick him into jumping in front of an oncoming train. 
Elsewhere, Wells works on a device that will allow him to return to his time. Man, okay, you make mention in the description there that Grodd is too powerful, and you are not lying, dude. There was no monkeying around with this monkey. He was throwing down in a way that I didn't really fully expect. He was much more of a physical presence than I thought he was going that he was going to be. Well, I, I knew I knew he was going to be a physical threat because I mean gorillas just on their own are like super duper strong. Like a gorilla can take a man and tear him in half lengthwise. Yeah, this is true, but can a gorilla withstand the supersonic punch? Well, that was so so that was interesting, right? So th- this this episode I'm sitting there, oh, they're going to do they're going to do the supersonic punch. That's going to be awesome. But what was weird about it is like Grodd anticipated it, which is what was odd. Do you think it Oh, okay, I didn't think about it from that standpoint. Well, I don't know if he anticipated the fact that that, that they were going to try to super punch Grodd, but Grodd knew something was up either. I don't know if in the comics he has any sort of like, you know, precognitive abilities where he can see the future or something like that. Well, it might be just that he's reading Barry's mind. And so if he sees, you know, what Barry's about to do, then all he has to do, like you say, is anticipate it and then use his own inertia against him. I didn't think about it from that standpoint, Bell. No, nah, that's perfect. That makes more sense. Yeah, because I'm sitting there thinking, OK, A, how does he catch that fist? B, how does he know which direction the fist is going to come from? C, how does he know he's running at him? But yes, reading Barry's mind. That makes a whole lot of sense. Okay, fair enough. Well, I, I got to tell you, overall, let's just jump into it and uh, address the, uh, the the ten pound gorilla in the room. Uh, not ten pound, ten thousand pound gorilla ten in the room. Ton. Ten ton gorilla in the room. Uh, Bell, man, what did you think of Grodd? I liked him. Like, I liked him a lot. So, like the 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 scene where you see him, you're standing up, like he's standing in front of Joe. Uh, real neat. So he he's got kind of like, it, it's almost like a gorilla. But a little bit of modification. So he he's got more like of a human stance almost. Well, like he's it, bigger than your average gorilla, correct? Yeah, yeah. But he's still got like gorilla style proportions. Like his legs are still shorter than his arms, you know, things like that. Uh, thought he turned out great. Loved how they did the voice. I was wondering how they're going to do the voice. And it's all telepathic communication. I think that's wonderful. Like that, I think that 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 works well because you know the whole thing of like, you know, you, you can teach a gorilla to be smart, sure. But like, how do you teach? It's vocal cords to make human sounds. Yeah, yeah. They- but but like as you mentioned, I mean, he's he's going through a bit of an evolutionary process. In fact, as they go down into the sewers, you see the writing on the wall that he's getting smarter. You mentioned his stance. He's walking a little bit more human-like. I mean, he's still gorilla, but there is something different about him. And so I, I could buy if, you know, second or third time we see Grodd, he actually is speaking rather than just mentally communicating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely feel that's the direction they're going to go is as he gets smarter, as he gets stronger and bigger, he's going to go through more physiological changes that will allow him to speak. Yeah. Now, you know, throughout the entire episode, uh, at least when we were live tweeting, we were using the hashtag ring that bell. I'm sorry, ring that grod as, you know, obviously an end joke for those of you who've been uh, listening to this show for a while. You, you know that, you know, we've had a, an ongoing gag about Bell being Gorilla Grodd. And, and of course, that culminated in our uh, our uh, April Fool's joke, uh, such as it was. But, uh, but Bell, were you even active? Because I was trying to get you uh, to interact on Twitter, and I think um, I think you were MIA. Yeah, I, I wanted to so bad, uh, but I made some prior obligations, and I couldn't I couldn't make it that night. Well, I, I hope was... you don't mind. They did it for the In the Flash contest. They asked for best Grodd impressions, and I thought, oh, man, Bell, you need to jump in your gorilla suit. This is This is your moment. And, uh, yeah, I saw those after I got home, and I was like, no! <laughs> yeah, that's all right. That's all right. They did throw a giant bell tower at the end. I didn't know if uh, that was intentional. We're probably reaching with that. but um, I, No, I, that, that was definitely an homage to me. <laughs> of course. Why wouldn't it be? Uh, <laughs> Give me one good reason why it wouldn't abs- be. Yeah, I mean, come on. 
Come on. Yeah. No, man. It was, uh, it was good stuff. We did learn, of course, that uh, Grodd, not a fan of bananas. No. <laughs> like that. B-A-N-A-N-A-S. Yes. No bananas. Yes. Yes. It's it's nuts, though, because like Joe. No, it's bananas. Well, that's true. It's bananas, right? Because Joe is straight up terrified of regular gorillas. Uh-huh. And that whole scene where he's underground, he's just like just just panic stricken the entire time. And it's like, holy crap. He is super duper terrified well it's indiana jones and the pit of snakes right it's like why did it have to be snakes why did it have to be you know 800 pound talking psychic gorillas i love that grod's uh ratio of weight keeps changing throughout this conversation <laughs> what was he 10 tons and now he's 800 pounds, pounds. I, I started off with 10 pounds which is just ridiculous but um yeah there you go he might be psychically manipulating us to try to make him sound as though he's actually in much better shape that's definitely what it is. Could could happen if um, if we were in Central City, that's for sure. Uh, but yeah, okay, so uh, Grodd in the sewer um, as a mutated gorilla based off of army experimentation. Now, this is obviously a uh, shift from his origins in the comics. Uh, now, let me ask you this. How familiar are you with kind of the, the original Gorilla Grodd? Well, I know that he's the leader of Gorilla City, and, and, he, and he got that title by killing his father, I believe. It's like kind of like a coup d'etat. Right. Um, as far as like where his intelligence stuff comes from, I'm not too familiar with that actually. Grodd as the leader of Gorilla City depends on the storyline that you go based off of, but I think f- suffice to say, yes, I mean a a powerful individual in Gorilla City, sometimes a uh, you know a, a a terrorist within that city, sometimes a a ruler of said city. Um, but yeah, ultimately he is this hyper intelligent gorilla and exists with other hyper intelligent gorilla gorillas off the grid, so to speak. Um, but does have a lot of interactions, specifically with the Flash, using his telepathic abilities against him. Now, I like I said, this is obviously a pretty big twist. What do you think about this as a new interpretation of that character? Well, seeing as I wasn't too familiar with Grodd to begin with, uh, I think that's cool. What I'm hoping to see is that, so Grodd's escaped, obviously, Eiling's task to, uh, to, to go find him. What I'm hoping to see is that Grodd maybe returns to the wild. Maybe he busts some other gorillas out of the out of the zoo, and through his super intelligence, is able to like manipulate them and make them intelligent as oh, well. Oh, interesting. Okay, so we could be seeing the birth of Gorilla City, is what you're saying? Yes, yes. That's uh, it's an interesting theory. I mean, I definitely uh, you know, you could do a whole Planet of the Apes type of uh, deal with that, and it's uh, it's kind of cool. I, I will say, ultimately, I think uh, overall, I, I like this uh, for what it is. I mean, they've been laying the groundwork for several episodes, so it's not like any of this comes as any big surprise. The only thing that I am a little, what's the right word? I, it miffed. makes not miffed. Miffed is too strong a word. I, I'm I'm a little not sure how I feel about Eobard, I keep on I'm trying to like, all right, which name do I call him now? But uh, <laughs> Eobard basically pulling Grodd's strings. That kind of rubs me a little bit the wrong way. I mean, I know that Eobard is kind of the, the Palpatine of everything that we've been experiencing within the context of this show, but Grodd is a mastermind in his own right. I mean, he is kind of a, you know, a Lex Luthor styled super genius, um, where whereas he's kind of the one pulling all the strings. So... Obviously, well, this is the origins of that, and so I know that theoretically in the future that won't be the case, but it is a little off, offsetting to see, off-putting to see, you know, that that great mind, that great um, uh, villain being used as essentially a henchman. I agree. I agree. Uh, I was 
kind of hoping for him to use more of his intellect and less of his like bestial rage and strength and stuff. But I'm I, I'm just guessing like as he gets smarter and smarter, he's going to realize that you know Harrison Wells did create him. Yes, he's his father, but Grodd's his own man, right? Or his own gorilla in this case. Uh, and that I think as he gets smarter, he might even surpass Wells's expectations and get to the point where he's like, I, you're not going to control me anymore. I'm way more smarter than you. I'm stronger than you. Uh, and you're, you're either, you know, leave me alone or I'm going to like crush you basically. Kind right. Of thing. Right. Let, let's talk about Eobard. I mean, you know, obviously we saw, uh, the history of Grodd was that Eobard, um, then HG Wells or then as HG Wells, freed him from Eiling's control or, and, uh, and put him in the sewer and has kind of been keeping him down there. And, uh, and throughout this episode, Grodd is doing Eobard's bidding. However, why on earth is Team Flash just hanging out in Star Labs when they've got a super speedster out to kill them? Yeah. Did, did that not seem a little off to you? Like, I, I would be in, well, like, DEFCON 1 because, you know, we've got, oh my gosh, Wells, the guy who's orchestrated all of this. I, I don't know that I would hang out in his lair, you know? Well, see, I, it, that, that's the thing about this episode. So there's a couple things about this episode. Uh, like, there are a couple plot holes and things. It, it, it's really interesting how well a psychic giant gorilla will take your mind off other things in episodes. <laughs> right, 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 right. That's, there, there's, there's a point to that, yes. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> like, Grodd was almost as there to be like, look at Grodd, Grodd is awesome. Don't mind this other stuff over here. Just yeah. kind of ignore these don't, things. Don't think about it too much. There's a giant gorilla, a giant psychic gorilla that is the uh, the antagonist here. So if, if you're... You know, if you're struggling with anything else, just remember that one point. It's Hawkeye from the Avengers. It's a flying city. We're fighting robots, and I've got a bow and arrow. None of this makes sense. And yeah. I, I, I do get that. But at the same time, I, I mean, I feel like, you know, that, that was one thing that I, I kind of felt as though Team Flash, they really, they need to regroup. And I mean, obviously, this entire episode was a good chance for them to emotionally regroup, uh, psychologically regroup, as they kind of realized they did not need Wells after all. That you know, obviously the genius really comes from the uh, the Caitlin Cisco duo, and uh, and of course you know with Barry doing the legwork. So, as a team, they had the power within them all along. You know, it's the Wizard of Oz type deal. Yeah. Uh, and so you know th that's there and that's great. But, I mean, again, Star Labs, why? why? <laughs> and and Greenclaw asked the question, where else would they go? And and I would answer that with almost anywhere else. I mean, like I can't you know anywhere. Barry's uh you gotta remember right he, he's got he's got eyes on them everywhere they go yeah, and so yeah. maybe they've removed they all the cameras yeah. from star labs mm, so yeah. maybe that's kind of like a blind spot okay all right I see what you're saying like it's it's the one place where we know uh as well as he knows so perhaps it's it's our home turf in, in as much as it is his home turf yeah yeah and, and, and Ventorius points it out in the chat you know if Eobard wanted them dead they'd have been they'd, they'd have been killed long you know a long time ago right and that's a fair point that is absolutely a fair point um, yeah because they know that clearly he's got some kind of agenda that he hasn't revealed yet oftentimes in these episodes cisco ends up being a voice for the fans but i felt this episode for the first time and i very much welcome this iris was the voice of me and uh, and i i think and i hope probably a lot of fans out there because she was the one in the midst of hey everybody's playing around with the giant gorilla in the in the sewer uh where the Where's Eddie? <laughs> like, what, dude, did, did, was nobody. Oh, dude, this was her episode, man. Like, she came in. She's like, did nobody watch last week? Are you guys? What is wrong with you people? Yeah. You know? And and when uh, when she, like, what was it? There's that moment where um where Barry says to Cisco, "Can you make me some sort of technology that'll block his psychic controls?" And Cisco's like, 
well, I'm not sure. I wanted Iris to like backhand and be like, have you even been watching this season? <laughs> like, you made a gun that can freeze <laughs> stuff to absolute zero. And you made like a second one with like just regular household items, Super MacGyver. Like, come on. <laughs> but yeah, like Iris, I, I, I was almost kind of mad because Iris pulled the rug out from underneath Gorilla Grodd, in my opinion. Like, I, I think Gorilla Grodd was awesome. Like, I, I you know, I like, you know, there's some issues that we just talked about earlier, but I think Iris was far more impressive than Gorilla Grodd. Oh, big time, big time. I mean, and it's, it's, uh, there's, it's twofold, right? Because on the one hand, kind of the big promotional event is the fact that we're getting Gorilla Grodd on screen. It's something they've been building up towards. And, uh, and from a story or from, from that as a spectacle, it was definitely kind of what, what this episode will be defined by for that very reason. However, all season long, I feel like a lot of us have been really waiting for Iris to get a chance to step up. You know, I've, I've you know every single time I use the hashtag sorry Iris whenever we're uh, whenever we're um, uh, doing the the live tweeting, it always makes me die a little inside. But man, this time she steps up big time, and not only that, we get further foreshadowing to that concept that uh, is originally you know originally kind of in the comics, and that's the idea that she is. Barry's lightning rod. There is something between these two characters, and that because of her, he is actually able to achieve much more. Uh, Wanna pineapple in the chat actually made mention of the fact that you know if if they if Barry had just kind of let her in on what was going on, he actually would have unlocked a new power set, a new uh, a new level of power that he has yet to achieve. And yeah. so, uh, man, you're you're not wrong, man. Iris stepped it up, and uh, I was I was glad to see her uh, in a big way this episode. Well, I think the writing for her improved overall in this in this episode. Like her her talk with Barry, her talk with Joe, all of the talks that she had, uh, you know, re- revolving around uh, why did you not tell me anything? I thought were, were very well written, and she she's 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 a great actress, and she has this really really interesting way of like being like super like emotional upset but not like it's it's not felicity not felicity like like let's let's uh let me just make a get on a little soapbox here real quick i've been watching some episodes from this season of arrow and every single time that felicity talks like 90 percent of the time she is whining or like about to be on the verge of tears and it's like oh my gosh this used to be one of my favorite characters what are they doing with her like you know obviously she's upset with the, the situations going around her but she just does not process it or handle it well here we have a character who is upset about what is going on around her and she steps up like a boss that's what i like to see from these characters and i'm really excited for uh for that you know that that being the case within uh iris and it's crazy because you can tell that she's hurt and you can tell that she's upset but like you know because because like you know you'll, you'll sit there and she'll see like you'll see a tear like roll down her face but you can also tell that she's super like just disappointed mad and like she's not letting the the emotion kind of like overwhelm her she's still she's in handling control of the situation she's handling yeah she's handling it like yeah she she, she you know she, she's she's crying but she's not like she but she yeah she's handling her stuff yeah and, and i just thought that that she was the gem in this episode and just like when she talks to her dad when she talks to barry just like what what about not telling me you know is is going to keep me safe if you had told me this kind of stuff Maybe I could have prepared for it more and stopped being, you know, in the way instead of, you know. Yeah. Oh, oh, look, here's the other like, thing that, that I love. All that stuff is so good. 
we're not going to have to spend episode on episode on episode of her like going off into a corner and being like, they didn't tell me anything or anything like that. I hate those kind of storylines. She yeah. steps up and right in this episode, she is now, I, I mean, I think we can safely say this. She is now officially a member of Team Flash. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, and, and I, I think because of that relationship that she has with Barry, because there is something more there to explore. And I'm not just talking about, you know, the, the obvious kind of romantic portion of it. I mean, that's that's clearly that 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 plays into it. But I mean, there is something special in their relationship. And so the fact that, um, you know, she can come in this. She doesn't have to be a pretend hacker. She doesn't have to be this, that or the other. She can be Iris uh, to to her fullest effect. And, and it's going to improve the team drastically overall. Um, Cisco and Caitlin, uh, they obviously, we mentioned already that they've been kind of going through this. Uh, what do we do now that our, our hero has betrayed us? Um, you know, they, they very much kind of took a backseat. I thought overall this episode, despite that, especially Caitlin, um, I, I, I'm having a hard time kind of picking up how Caitlin is overall processing this. Like Cisco, I feel like he's kind of like a, a wounded puppy a little bit, yeah. but, uh, but Caitlin, I'm, I'm a little lost with her. Caitlin kind of comes across a little schizo about it almost. She's yeah, like, right? yeah, okay, everything's great. Huh? It, it, it seems to be like she's just going to like snap and lose her mind at some point. <laughs> well, then she might have a cold snap coming up. You never know. Yeah, who knows? But, but I mean, seriously, like that, that that's the kind of thing that I get is like she always looks like super wide eyed when everybody's talking to her, you know, like because because like, you know, normally she, but it just seems like she's on edge, I guess. Well, part of that is that just and this is true of all of Team Flash. They all kind of wear their emotions on their sleeve. And so, you know, whenever anything happens, they all kind of initially just react to it. And they all have kind of their go-to react. You know, Cisco's kind of like, what is going on? Caitlin yeah. has the big eyes like, huh? You know, and then uh, Barry, Barry just kind of stumbles, stumbles his way through it until he uh, finds his footing and goes and takes care of it. Finds his footing. Hey, that, that's what I do, man. I make the puns. <laughs> Caitlin was one of the largest supporters of Wells. You know, like when they were yeah. going and they were trying to uh, say like, oh, no, we think that he's the reverse flash. She was the one that was the hardest to convince. And so now that that ends up being the case, I don't know. I just I, I did kind of expect a little bit more. I mean, I know that perhaps part of that is that, you know, earlier in the season was more of kind of Caitlin's time to shine. Later in the season has been Cisco's time to shine. Um, but I, I you yeah, know, I, I think that the result is, as you say, her being a little bit schizophrenic. Yeah, because she, cause she's almost like, uh, I don't know what to do anymore. Because, like, you know, Wells helped her so much through the loss of her fiance, through all the time, all the stuff that they've done with the Flash, all this kind of stuff. And now she's just like, you know, Ron, uh, Ronnie's gone. Wells is gone. I mean, she's still got Cisco and Barry, but, you know, half the people that she has relied on are now missing. Right. Well, and that's, so. but it's a good thing, man. It's part of the hero's journey or perhaps the villain's journey. You never know what uh, yeah. what the future might hold for her. True. Actually, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking about uh, just kind of Barry overall. And, you know, he, he did kind of try to make his case to Iris about, you know, there's been so many times I wanted to tell you and everything else. I kind of feel like he could have justifiably been like, and you know what? I actually did. But I had to turn back time and it was this whole thing. But like I, I, I did for, you know, I want a little credit because I did tell you. Yeah, but it was still like months and months after he actually had. She doesn't need to know that. <laughs> you know what i mean like at least yeah. you know selective truth that's that's where you go with that one like no i i totally told you and you by the way totally made out with me as soon as you found out so and then i totally went back in time and none of that ever happened but it was an accident i didn't mean to go back in time and make it unhappen <laughs> so there you go now i i, I did um I, I thought i you know at the very least i thought he was going to make mention of that 
Uh, but uh, yeah, Barry, ultimately this episode, as he's been dealing with this, I think he is trying to step up as a leader for Team Flash rather than just its namesake. Yeah. Uh, because ultimately he has not fully displayed that, you know, step in to a, you know, a chaotic moment and, and handle it from a leadership standpoint. You know, he's very much been um, almost kind of a Terry McGinnis Batman Beyond with, you know, Bruce Wayne in the Batcave telling him what to do. Uh, and so, you know, this is this is a big shift for him as well. And, you know, just kind of telling the team, like, look, this is us. We got this. The three of us. And then, of course, Cisco saying, uh, 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 don't forget about Iris. Yeah. Well, yeah, because it, it, it's funny, though, because, you know, it, it's Barry needs to understand and know fully what their capabilities are. And I think he's gotten to learn a lot of that over the course of the season. But Wells knew more about Cisco and Caitlin as far as their technical capabilities than Barry does. And so once he gets comfortable with that, it's going to be one of those situations where instead of him asking Cisco, well, well, can't you guys make something to, you know, block out, blah, 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 blah. He'll just be like, Cisco, this guy, when I was fighting him, this happened. I need you to do this to my suit. I need you to tweak this, build this thing, something like that. You know, he can give more direction, like you said, become more of a leader, right? Well, and it's part of the fact that, you know, we've talked about before that um, in this kind of pocket universe that we have, uh, you know, Arrow is our essential Batman. And that put would theoretically anyway put flash to be our you know our superman and uh and you know the superman character part of that kind of archetype is someone that if if he's there people are going to listen when he speaks people are going to listen i don't think that barry's gotten there yet and you know they may decide not to do that you know they may decide to go in a different direction but i do hope that they do that because barry is ultimately supposed to be that embodiment of hope and so uh and so i think he can step more and more into it especially uh, as he gets uh, a little bit more into dealing with some of the people in the basement, which, by the way, at the end of this episode, we find out that Wells has actually also been hiding out in the uh, in Star Labs as well, and has finally achieved his goal of getting the key. Which do we actually see what the key does? Uh, well, it turned on. It looked like it turned on something in the particle accelerator. Yeah, my my guess is. Um, I guess this is somewhat potentially spoilery, but if you watch just the trailer for next week, I don't know, you know, safe, safe bet that that is the key to uh, release all the villains within the particle accelerator. Oh, I see. Yeah. 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 Because, yeah, because in the in the little two minute preview they released several weeks ago, uh, you see uh, a bunch of uh, rogues being released and they're like in the back of this. Wasn't an ice cream truck because the ice cream shipping container thing, right? Yeah. 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 It's some sort of shipping container. Yeah. Oh, speaking of ice cream truck and that whole sequence, uh, we, we we should make mention of the fact that General Eiling, when he pops up, you know, I I I, I theorized well in the earlier on the season that perhaps his costume was going to be related to the uh, the comic book character Queen Bee, and uh, of course we apparently you know if that's coming, that's coming next season would be my guess. But um, one way or the other, no. And in, in fact, actually looking at his armor set, it looks very similar to um, Grodd's armor set in the New Fifty Two. Okay. Now, not necessarily the mask portion of it, but just the the color scheme and kind of the plates of the yellow on black uh, look to be very similar to Grodd. So I, th- I thought that was kind of a nice little nod they put in there. I tell you what was crazy though, when uh, the landmine blows up the ice cream truck. Yeah. And like they all bail out, and then uh, Eiling shoots two cops, and Joe doesn't drop him like a bad habit. <laughs> I was like, if this was on Gotham, Eiling would have been dead. Yeah. Like, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like or- like and Gotham like. <laughs> 
a purple run away and Gordon Bullock like chasing down and murder the dude. <laughs> well, I mean, typically it's it's Bullock pulling the trigger, but yeah. Yeah, yeah but I mean, like, you know, you, you can do far less in the Gotham universe and get shot by a cop. It apparently takes blowing up an ice cream chuck, wounding, which I thought I thought they killed the two other cops in the back of I thought Island killed him. Yeah. And uh, Joe even shoots him in the arm. It doesn't want to shoot him again. The whole time I'm sitting there watching that scene, I'm going, kill him, kill him. He killed two cops. Kill him. What are you doing? Kill him. Because <laughs> he's he's uh, terrified of gorillas, man. It was the it's the. Um, but the... that was that was a dude in a suit. He didn't know it was a gorilla. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And I don't know. I'm just yeah. I was sitting there the whole time. I'm going, what are you doing, Joe? What are you doing, Joe? Kill him. You are completely justified in this situation. No one would bat an eye. He tried to kill you. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, it is part of it, right? We're we're in Central City. We're not in Starling or Star, or whatever they're calling it these days. Uh, but and and you know, so our our heroes, even our hero cops, are not gonna you know take the kill shot. And now, I you know, you say Gotham. I I would say if he was in Star City, same same type of deal. He'd have a bullet, if not an arrow, through the chest. But uh, but yeah, no. Here in Central City, we have more idealized cops where um you know they're gonna they're gonna think twice before pulling the trigger. I will say this though: How much money do you think they got away with from that gold? Uh, who's they? Well, I mean, because like you know, as the episode's building, you're sitting there saying, "Okay, this guy's stealing gold for somebody." And then it's like, "Oh, okay, well, Grodd's controlling Island. What is Grodd going to do with that much money? How much money do you think it was?" Uh, let me tell you how much money it was. It was a gorillion dollars. <laughs> <laughs> and that's right there. That's bananas. Uh, yeah. So yeah, the, the cops that were shot, it looked like they were killed, but then you see them get up. After uh, Flash knocks out Eiling. Well, there you go. So see, this is good. It's good that Joe didn't just get all trigger happy. Well, but still, I mean, if, if, if a dude with a, you know, an assault rifle shooting at a police officer, even if like, you know, you wound him. I mean, that's that's justifiable, man. The guy's shooting at you. I, I, I prefer the, uh, the think before pulling the trigger method. Well, in that situation, the guy's already shooting at them. You don't and- know that that's a gun. It could be tranquilizers. Tranquilizers? Trank, trank, trank. What did you say? Trank low risers. Trank low risers. Trank low risers. Trank, tranky. So Eddie was also in this episode, and to talk about him, man, there's there's a lot to talk about because you know we get these brief moments between uh, Eddie and Eobard. Uh, we get the Eobard. Rebel- I think that was. Oh, I got I got to give credit where credit is due. That was Jared Mithrandir from the chat. Eddiobard. Eddiobard. <laughs> That's the shit name. <laughs> <laughs> Some Game of Thrones stuff right there. No, um, <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah, so we get we get the uh, the the whole um, you know Thawn family reunion continues on as nobody is actually looking for Eddie except for Iris, uh, and uh, and so no, no, no. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's let's roll that back there. Barry spent the entire first you know thing of the episode running all around town trying to find him no he didn't that's what he was doing no he wasn't yes it was he, he wasn't looking hard enough sure i look sure. i mean i mean in all fairness you're right that he wasn't actually in the city he ended up being underneath star labs underneath their noses but um still it's like well i ran everywhere i couldn't find him let's go deal with gorilla grod yeah let's not call animal control let's let's go let's go deal with this while eddie is being tortured by the reverse flash <laughs> I'm just saying. Anyway, point being that in, during the Thawne family reunion, um, you know, Eddie actually or Eobard actually goes into a little some of his distaste for what Eddie represents. And, you know, the the idea that the Thawne legacy is filled with all in Eobard's mind, these, 
you know, great people. I think you said politicians and and um, and inventors and and all of these different people. Captains of industry. Yeah, 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 and, and failures like you. Well, and see, that's the thing, right? I mean, he even mentions that you know, there's almost absolutely no record of Eddie in the family history books because he is so insignificant, which is kind of an interesting way to include him in. Uh, in this continuity, right? Because Eddie is a, a character they created specifically for the show. So uh, so I liked that. But given that that's the fact, given that we now know, at least from Eobard's perspective, that Eddie really doesn't facilitate any role whatsoever, I've got some speculation about that. And that's going to bring us to... Speedster Speculation. All right, so you're Eddie Thon. Okay. Okay, you're Eddie Thon, uh, and uh, and you have just learned that your entire legacy is going to be filled with supervillains. Well, okay. First, I'm going to disagree with you on that. Okay, okay. Let me let me go with this. You have just learned that there are several people, including the one person who is probably the most evil, maniacal, powerful person that you've ever met, is going to come from your line, from your lineage. And that person, that person, that evil person, is very proud of all the people that come after you, though he hates you. Because I feel that all of those people are, uh, like all the, you know, the captains of industry, the scientists, the politicians, all of those people are probably not, they don't have the, they don't have a proper moral compass. And that's the reason why they're so great. Yeah, to, to Eobard. Right. Eobard, he even called himself the exception. So he's saying like, you know, because Eddie was I saying, thought, well, I th- well, hang on now. I thought Eobar was calling Eddie the exception. Uh, no, because uh, because Eddie says to Eobard, he says, uh, well, you know, it's it's it, that's great to know that, you know, my lineage is full of a bunch of supervillains or something like that. He's like, no, 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 no. Your, your lineage is full of a bunch of great men, politicians, blah, 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 blah. Uh, I'm just the exception. Inter- All right. So so this is kind of how I interpreted that. And this this may be. I, I'm, I'm actually I'm going to pull it up so I can go and rewatch that scene because I don't want to because I might be wrong because the way that I interpreted that is if Ebard is calling people great men or you know if they were great individuals you know from his perspective somebody who's great would be very evil based on the rest of our perspectives you see what I'm saying what like they got to their position via nefarious means well not even just their position I think just as far as who they were hmm if if, uh, if somebody is a hero to a villain, that person is a villain. If if a villain looks up to somebody, that person is a villain. You know what I mean? I don't I don't necessarily agree with that. Uh, that, 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 that that's a very black and white take on evil. It's Eobard. Yeah, but it's I the like reverse flash. He is quite literally the black and white version of, you know, the the, the antithesis of everything good that is Barry Allen. Sure. But I I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm just like injecting hang on, hang on. a little bit of kingpin into this, but yeah, don't do that. Hang on, let me uh, let me see. Imagine how smart that makes me here. Because you're from the future. Oh, I love that line. Mm-hmm. A name like Eobard, I guess you'd have to be. No, Eobard is a distinguished name for a distinguished member of a distinguished family. Depressing to think all of my descendants are as crazy as you. <laughs> oh no, 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 no. The Thon bloodline is chock full of influential politicians, scientists, captains of industry failures, such as yourself are just the exception. He says failures such as yourself are just the exception. Ah, okay. Failures. Mm. Okay. Okay. All right. That so, makes more sense. I thought he was like saying, you know, captains of industry and failures 
Like if failures are like you, I'm just the exception. That's, that's what I thought. I, nah. I must have misheard that. All right, so let's let's go back to the question then, Bell. You're you're Eddie Thon, <laughs> and you've just learned that your entire and just just follow me on this one. You've just learned that your entire bloodline. I just don't think they're all evil. I don't think everyone in the Thon lineage is evil. Ah, well, then this takes out my my moral question, but I mean at least it does pull out some good uh, some good speculation here. All right, so your your mindset is you don't think that just because Eobard thinks that they were great men. Uh, doesn't mean that they were evil men. Also, yes, I, they, 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 they might have had a, a you know a, a kink in their moral compass, which caused them to you know like sociopaths, for example. Okay. Sociopaths, you know, they're uh, as far as like percentages of CEOs. Wait, so let's see. So, so okay, in, in an average population, there's like X percentage of people who are going to be sociopaths, right? Right. Let's say that percentage is five percent. Okay. Uh, well, amongst CEOs of major corporations, the percentage is higher than the baseline average. So. Uh, like where it might be five percent for the average population, it's more like you know seven, eight, nine percent in the population of CEOs, because those people who are less inclined to feel bad about doing bad things uh, or doing morally ambiguous things can sometimes achieve greatness. Whereas you know someone who's not a sociopath might not do those things because they they view them as morally ambiguous or whatever and not right. If you don't have that nagging you know voice in your head telling you not to do it. You know, you can achieve great things, right? Uh-huh. But you're not necessarily an evil person. You're not a murderer. You're not a psychopath. But you're, you're just, you know, you, but you, see, don't, this, you don't have as powerful of a conscience as other people. Yeah, but you're defining that based on your perspective or even external perspectives. What I'm saying is we learn of these these people, these people's greatness because of Eobard's perspective. And Eobard is a psychopath. So these are people that a psychopath would consider great people. Yes, but Cisco is also highly revered by Wells, and Cisco is not an evil person, right? But he didn't know. Like we can we can assume that Eobard knows his his family tree far better than Cisco knew. I mean, knew Harrison Wells. No, Harrison Wells told Cisco that he that he loved him like a son, right? Because he's a psychopath. No, if he's a psychopath, I don't think he he wouldn't have that emotional connection to him. He loved him like a son right before he killed him. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, are you paying? Are you are you reading the same book here? Are you watching the same show? I, I'm just I'm just saying. He, yes, he, he killed him. Yes, Eobard Thawne turned back time for the sole purpose of killing Barry Allen. Yes, one guy. Sure. Granted, he's the Flash, but still, I'm just I, 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 I'm just saying that that doesn't mean someone's entire family. Great oh men and gosh. great women in the Thawne family line. I'm, I'm not saying that every single one of the great men and women that Eobard's talking about, all the inventors and scientists, I'm not saying all of those people are bad people. All I, right, I can't, right. I can't you, abide that. You've, you've made, you've made your case. I think that uh, it's a good, good spot here to d- agree to disagree. But let me ask you this moral question that I really wanted to ask you in the first place. If yes. you learned, regardless of what your beliefs are, based on what we got from Eobard here, if you, if you learned that your entire descendants were going to be, um, you know, evil people. And basically, you were going to be the uh, lead to, um, you know, a, a entire generations of, of villains. Uh, what would be your responsibility at that point? Would you off yourself? Would you sterilize yourself? What would you do to ensure that didn't happen? Or would you just continue about your ways? Well, so here's the deal, right? Like, if I knew for a fact that uh, were I to pass my genes along, every person in the future with my genes is going to be like a completely terrible person. Yes, I would sterilize myself and I would kill my offspring. Really? Okay, so you wouldn't actually just say like, all right, well, I'm going to try to teach my kids right from wrong and be a better father than I was going to be. 
Well, because you, you uh, the, the the future is already like it, it, that that has happened, and you I, let me let me propose this question to you. Let me let me let me let me. Let me no, let me I don't want to answer the bit. question. I don't want to be in that position. <laughs> no, 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 hold on. Let me warp it a little bit. All right. So, and yeah, take to, you know your family aside. Take all that out. This is just you. This is just a question for you. Right. So let's say that your family line is going to be great, right? There's going to be a great lineage of people that stems from your family line, except for Hitler too. Like not in the Slytherin, not Slytherin. All right, keep going. <laughs> so, but 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 you're going to be the great 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 grandfather of Hitler too. Right. Okay. But like everybody from there and in between, you know, are are, are great people. But Hitler too causes World War Three, kills billions of people. And basically causes the greatest, you know, conflict this planet has ever seen. Right, right. Like extinction level event bad. Right, okay. At that point, because in between you and Hitler too, are all these great people, at that point, that's a much tougher question. Yeah, that is a tougher everybody question. Everybody in between you, like a, 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 every person that that, uh, that has your genes being evil, yeah, that, that's, that's a no-brainer, dude. Yeah, I would just not have kids. No, no, no. And I, I think I think, yeah, that's a completely different question, which is why I, I thought it'd be more interesting if, if you know, the lineage, the full lineage of, of everybody after Eddie was evil, because, yeah, it's not, you know, it, uh, annihilating, you know, your your almost your entire family just to stop this one person. I don't think you can, you know, I, yeah, I, that's a lot harder to justify. Right? Exactly. Because, I mean, then then the tree is much further spread. Right. Yeah. You know, that who knows? Maybe on that is, is Gandhi too. Maybe on that is Mother Teresa too. You know, like Right, exactly. Some of those people might be good, but like in my entire lineage is gonna be evil. That is a no brainer for me. I am going and I'm getting the surgery. <laughs> All right, man. Well, there you go. That's a little speedster speculation. I'm I'm kinda curious, what did you guys think uh in terms of, you know, the the Thawne lineage? Did y'all did you guys kind of interpret it that uh that Eddie everyone after Eddie is evil? Or could it kind of go either way? Sounds like Bell and I ended up on, on two different sides there. So definitely would love to hear what you guys think on that. Yeah, I think one thing, though, to take away from that is that I, I want to say one of the reasons probably why uh, Eobard has this just disdain for uh, for Eddie is that Eddie chose to try to make a difference and like be a good person, maybe, as opposed to, to strive for greatness. Yeah. Because just because you know, striving for greatness doesn't necessarily make you a bad person, but Eddie wanted to help people as opposed to like be great. Yeah, could be. And I think that's why he resents him is because he's just so forgotten and so forgettable that Wells would rather not, you know, waste time thinking about him. Could be. Now, I, I do, you know, I, maybe it's that he finds himself in this timeline without an ally from his family. And the only person there is, you know, the one that, that you know, is, is nobody. So yeah. given that we've seen that, you know, even, even though Eobar doesn't want to tamper with the timeline too much. It is possible that he might uh, take somebody else's Thawne-based destiny and put it on Eddie in order to gain an ally. You know, I, I, actually, when they first showed that preview for or some images from this particular episode, and um, and uh, Eobard was holding up a blue canister, I thought, hmm, that's an interesting shade of blue. I believe that's cobalt blue. Uh, and so I thought they might be actually going in a little bit of a different direction, something that a lot of people have speculated about. Uh, and, and, you know, in fact, Jared in the chat is, uh, is, is, is begging me to mention, he's, he sent this in a, a couple of times that he's been speculating for, for quite some time that Eddie could end up being cobalt blue. Uh, now his, his, I think if I'm not mistaken, Jared, yours is actually goes a little bit deeper into how they could tie Eddie, uh, more specifically with Malcolm. I think it's Malcolm Thon, right? Who's, uh, that sounds familiar. You're talking about like the twin. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, but so I, I think that they might they could do that if they wanted to. But um, I think we'll just have to, to wait and see. Should be good. Could be interesting. Your thoughts, your comments, listener feedback. Ah, Jared's actually Jared was the one that said that he's not Cobalt Blue, but it was actually his wife. Well, you should have clicked on the link. Well, I, I've got like 30 different windows up. Well, I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, and then I have another window with another panel up on it. That is not 30 windows, sir. You don't have 30 windows. <sighs> Sorry, Jared. Sorry. This first one comes from William Ralph Marchbanks, who says, What if Wells uses his DNA gizmo to swap places with Eddie? Uh, can you imagine what that would do to Barry and Iris's relationship? It would also be a way that the show could keep Tom in the show. Wait, did we already do this one? I don't think so. Okay. It would also be a way that the show could actually keep Tom in the show. I don't think they will do this because of the preview for next week's episode. Uh, but it still could be a fun thing to consider if Wells took Eddie's DNA through uh, the the gizmo. So, Bell, what do you think about that thought theory? I don't know. As much as I love Tom Cavanaugh, I and I want him to be uh, a person in the future, um, taking over Eddie's body wouldn't include Tom anymore, right? Because then the H.G. Wells character, as played by Tom Cavanaugh, would be replaced with the Eddie and then the real Eddie would be dead. And then there'd be H G O Eddie. (laughs) (laughs) It kind of, it kind of messed some things up. Yeah. I I don't think they're going to do that. And also because I don't think, um, you know, I I don't think Thawne wants, I don't think, I'm sorry, Eobard wants to risk uh, his no longer existing, you know, now whether or not, you know, annihilating someone in the present would actually wipe him out in the present. That's, that's kind of an interesting question, but you know, for all intents and purposes, he does not seem to want to kill Eddie, even though he really despises Eddie. You know, honestly, this could be a great chance for him to to rewrite uh, his lineage, but clearly he's a big fan of it. So that's um, I, I don't I don't see it. I don't think that's in the cards. Bell, uh, next one from Joseph from Greenville. All right. Hey, guys, I love the show. Uh, you guys are my favorite flash cast. I just want to throw my theory in the ring to see what you think. Since Arrow and Flash are coexisting, as well as the new spinoff, I think that they are going to do something like Flashpoint. At the end of the season, I think Barry and Eobard will clash and create a time warp event, which will pull in Oliver and Firestorm as well, since they'll be there together helping him. If that happens, I think they'll remember what happened in the original timeline as well, allowing Oliver to avoid certain problems. I think that's why they felt free to kill off villains this season, since they can bring them back in the new timeline. Uh, Arrow Season 3 seems to be treading water, and I think this is why as well. Much like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 1 had to wait for Captain America to really get going, I think that Arrow is waiting for Flashpoint to get traction again. Sorry if I'm rambling, but this has been rattling around in my head for a few weeks, and I just wanted to hear your guys' thoughts. Love the show. Keep it up. Uh, you know, interesting uh, thought. I really I think that's too big for them to do something like that. I think that would confuse a lot of people who just watch Arrow if all of a sudden the last past season didn't exist. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I think it'd be a really, really neat idea. Uh, but the problem that you have in that is the problem that that Marvel kind of has right now with their MCU, right? It's really expansive. There's a lot of tie-in pieces. And uh, uh, some of the people that I watched uh, Avengers Age of Ultron with hadn't seen all the tie-in stuff. And so they were kind of like, where did this come from? How is this happening? What is this? Who is this? And so I think if, if, if that were to happen, yeah, people who only watch Arrow 
would totally be like, who's this other guy running around really fast? And why is everything that happened in season three that I liked gone now? Yeah, it'd be it'd be too confusing. I, I do. I mean, I think you're right on. I, I think they've le- definitely laid the groundwork for some form of flashpoint uh, a season plot line, you know, but I, I think it'll probably be very much a pocket universe. I don't think it'll impact Arrow whatsoever. Yeah, I really want them to do Flashpoint, though. Uh, I, I think that would be great. Yeah. But uh, how they're going to implement it and whether or not it'll affect Arrow, not sure, not sure, but we'll see. I say pocket universe kind of loosely there. I mean, I, you know, I, one timeline, of course, but I think what I'm what I'm trying to say is at the end of it, Barry will return, and instead of the New 52, we'll just be right back in the same Flash Arrow universe that we were in before. Flaro. Flaro. Uh, on iTunes, Clavissimo writes in, says, Amazing. Uh, if you're in the market for a podcast about the new Flash series, look no further. This show is the perfect mix of episode recaps, speculation, and general geeking out uh, over these, what's arguably the best comic show on TV. Man, that is uh, high praise. Thank you so much, Clavissimo. Clavi- Clavissimo. Clavissimo. Like <laughs> it's good stuff. Well, of course, you know, we, we love doing this, man. We actually give away free digital comics whenever we get uh, multiples of 10 in our iTunes review. And look at this. We've got 110 reviews as of, I think, yesterday. So that means we're giving away a free digital comic. Yay. And the winner this week is The Four Eye on iTunes. The Four Eye. Congratulations. A free digital comic is yours. Just hit us up on Twitter or Facebook, and we'll get that all worked out. Congratulations to you. And of course, hey, if you didn't win a free digital comic this week, that's okay. Even if you've already written us a review, you're in it till you win it. So next time we get a multiple of 10, it'll happen. Also, Secret Wars number one came out today, I think. So that's a digital comic. So uh, Marvel said they released that digitally on their app. I- I'm actually thinking about uh, going to pick that up. I'm going to do Secret Wars digitally. All right. Well, uh, you'll, you'll have to let me know how that goes. I'm, uh, that, uh, I'm, I'm curious, but unfortunately, I barely have enough time to, uh, to read what I, what I have right now. Actually, I was given Court of Owls by um, a friend and fellow podcaster, Justin Vactor. Uh, I know he sent me it's really nice it was kind of a, a box set type deal they actually um, it contained the graphic novel paperback as well as a Court of Owls mask which was pretty sweet nice. so um, yeah cool stuff uh, alright well last but not least uh, we, we started this a couple weeks ago we like doing it we give uh, a shout out to the chat room so we're going to open it up right now for listener feedback from the chat room yeah so so what Jared's saying is that uh, for the Cobalt Blue thing I just want to you know put this out there is that uh, Cobalt Blue, he's saying that will be Barry's twin as usual, but in this time it's going to be a female twin, and that that will become Eddie's future wife, and a descendant and an ancestor or an ancestor of Eobard. So that's that's interesting. So instead of Eddie being Cobalt Blue, it's going to be Eddie's wife, who is a twin of Barry Allen, and that's where the Cobalt Blue, uh, like gene, because they it, it, it's kind of a bloodline uh, okay. thing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I'm I'm picking up what you're putting down. Interesting, uh, interesting theory. Not sure how I got all that mixed up, but good, good stuff. Good stuff, Jared. Let's see here. Well, so we talked about Michael. So Michael says uh, they've done a lot in the uh, with the villains in this season. Do you think they'll ever get a villain like the Shade? Now, I'll be honest. I'm not 100 percent knowledgeable on the Shade. Can you fill me in? Yeah. Okay. So the Shade. Actually, I'm trying to think if there was anything from uh, the multiverse that we actually covered with the Shade in it. Um, because the shade actually did make a couple of different appearances in uh, in the Justice League uh, series. I don't know that he ever made it into Justice League Unlimited, but I do know he was kind of a, a prominent villain that was associated with the Injustice League uh, in or Injustice Gang rather in the original Justice League. 
But um, the idea is kind of uh, suffice to say he has the ability to kind of create these dark constructs uh, and kind of, if I'm not mistaken, I think he can even like kind of travel through this kind of pocket shaded universe. Um, kind of cool looking character. I know this guy. Yeah. Yeah. No, he, he was one of the uh, one of the super rares from the Flash set. He has like a top hat. Where's the top hat? Yeah, I was about to say he's uh, he's got a cool looking uh, costume. Typically wears a little cane or has a cane with him. Okay, yeah, I I don't know too much about what he does. Um, they've done, but if he's making these like dark evil constructs, are we talking about like Melisandre's shadow baby kind of things. Are we talking yeah, about? Yeah, like, actually, that's that's not. Um, I mean, completely different method of creating said shadow baby, but sure, well, yes, sure, yeah. It's that shadow shadow baby meets Green Lantern, kind of. I don't know. So instead of the way that Melisandre creates them, they're more like constructs that you create from your mind. Yes. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, and actually the uh, the chat is all chiming in. Uh, uh, Max and Greenclaw are saying he definitely did appear in Justice League Unlimited as well. But um, right. I just remember in, in the first appearance of the Injustice Gang, he was a member, and that was actually my first exposure to that character. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think it'd be a neat power set to kind of deal with. Uh, having all these like shade constructs to uh, keep Barry, you know, focused on them while because I mean the shade he he he's not like a, a super like you know uh, uh, invulnerable kind of guy like Superman or something like that. So like you hit him, he's knocked out, right? Yeah, could be. I mean, like there's a lot of different ways they could do it. Um, they could also have it so that he you know Barry starts a running and then he kind of creates this entire track that keeps him going on and on. Or if there is kind of the, the whole teleportation mindset too. Uh, he could throw him, you know, throw him off that way. So instead of like Peekaboo, where it's somebody who's teleporting, he could actually teleport Barry. Ah, interesting. Yes. So cool stuff. Great, great, uh, great suggestions. Great theories. Love getting you guys give you guys feedback uh, in the chat. Ooh, this one's neat. What you got, Bill? Uh, so Amber Grant in the chat. Uh, they write, "Will there ever be a way that Eobard and the real Doctor Wells can be separated, like how the Splicer separates Ronnie and Stein?" I don't think you know. A lot of people suggest that perhaps part of uh, Wells is inside of Eobard. I, I don't. I don't see it. I really don't. I think. I think uh, Wells is dead. We've we've never spent any time with Wells other than that one flashback scene. So I, I don't yeah. think there's that. I, wishful thinking on my part. I would because I just. I don't know. I think uh, I think Tom Cavanaugh does an excellent job in this show. And he I just, does, I but like every every time I keep on hearing that, it's like, guys, he does a great job, but he does a great job as Eobard Thawne. That's the only person that we've seen him impersonate, other yeah, than I that know, one flashback scene. But I, I thought he did great. I, there, there, it's, it's a completely different person, right? But like, I liked that person. I like that H.G. Wells. I like that hopeful, optimistic, just. Uh, I, I thought it was a really neat character. Sure, sure, but I mean, like, I don't know. I, I like I like Eobard better than I like Wells from from the standpoint of somebody you know watching it for entertainment value. Oh, sure, sure, yeah. yeah. But uh, anyway, good good stuff, man. Well, um, I think let's uh, let's call it there, man, because we're uh, we're hitting up on an hour right now, and uh, I am desperately in need of some sleep. Bell, one final thing to mention before we uh, officially sign off. Uh, you know, we've got what two more episodes left? Yes. So two more episodes in the season. And, uh, you know, at the at the mid-season, we actually did a call-in show at the beginning before the, the series started. We did a call-in show. I think it'd probably be a good idea. Why don't, why don't we go ahead and uh, just plan on the, the week following the, uh, the final episode of the series. Maybe just kind of a call-in, you know, season and review type deal. Let's kind of open up the mics, let you guys come on. It'll be and, a rap party. Yeah, I think so. I mean, you know, I, I've got to come up with some good name for it it might just end up being kind of uh you know seasons end 
you know, call-in show. I was going to do Grandma Esther's Eggnog Strikes Back, but um, <laughs> I figure we, we save that for the uh, for the mid-season uh, holiday break. So. Yeah. Uh, but one way or the other, may go ahead, uh, plan that, mark it on your calendars. We'd love for you guys to uh, to engage with us that way. So after the season finale podcast episode, the following week, we'll actually do that call-in show. So more information on that as it becomes available. Um, and yeah, that's going to that's gonna do it. I uh, want to yeah. encourage you guys to be sure to uh, follow us on Twitter. We're at Flash TV Talk, but also check out our personal account so you can follow me at the Real Bo York. You can follow Bell at Ring that Bell. And if 140 characters isn't enough to express your love for our show, feel free to email us at flash at podastery.com. That's P-O-D-A-S-T-E-R-Y dot com. And for the latest news and daily discussions on all things Flash, be sure to like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash flash TV talk. Uh, also, if you like this show, check out our parent show, Panel to Screen, where we talk about all things comic book and comic book movie related. Uh, this week, uh, a bunch of news came out about certain things. Uh, what are we going to talk about? Man, we've got like three weeks worth of stuff to uh, do. We did a uh, our Avengers review is out right now if you want to go check that out. But um, yeah, we're, we're going to be playing a little bit of catch up. Yeah, I saw some really neat news today. So I'm excited to talk about that tomorrow. Special thanks goes out to Charlie Bach for providing our outro music. And also, you know, we've already mentioned it, but head over to iTunes, write us a review, get yourself a free comic, uh, or at least in the running for a free comic, because we would love to give you one. And that's pretty much going to do it for this week. Uh, so for more Flashtastic awesomeness, tune in next week to Flash TV Talk. Flashtastic outro, copyright Matt SC.
a member of the Pottery Network. For more information on this and other shows, please visit pottery.com. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the US, Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at coriant.com. That's c o r i e n t.com. coriant.com. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a Swole member, and for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.